Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good morning. Who day, Devin? Who day? Who day? Tomorrow is the day. Tomorrow is the day. We're recording early because I will be at the tailgate and I will be at the home opener, the Bengals versus Steelers, on the heels of a Super Bowl run. I can't believe that's who they're starting their season out with. I hate the Steelers. If any of you out there love Pittsburgh, I... Oh, we apologize. I just can't stand them. No, don't like them even a little bit. <laughs> How have you been? What's up? Uh, I've been good. The The poison ivy is healing nicely, so that's exciting. That's very exciting. I know all of our listeners have been feeling oh. your pain. Yes, very much so. Um, how about you? I was going to ask you a question just straight out. Like, how Let's were go. you were you well behaved this week? Ooh, <laughs> you know what's funny though? There were times that I tried. As we talked about last week, it's so easy to just judge somebody when you pass them. I did stop myself one or two times, and I thought, mm, uh, "I need to practice what I preach." That is, it's crazy, not, isn't it? It is. It's insane how that's your first reaction and then Mm -hmm. you have to it's so backwards our first reaction should be love and grace yes yeah um so yeah no this week i i'm i tried to be better and i'm gonna continue that so you were a judgmental fool this week you were just so judgmental okay aren't we all yes we are so (laughs) you're saying that you sinned in a major way because what i thought i want i what i wanted to do is i have my checklist out today Devin. oh good yeah, I was going to read it off and uh, see let's, how many see how many of these sins that you committed. Yeah, let's and, see uh, how much I don't measure up. <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh! It, it, don't you think that a lot of people view Christianity, or I'm going to say Christianity, or if you're religious, don't you think a lot of people live by that checklist? Listen, I 100% did um, up until my conversations with you when I realized that. I don't have to live by a checklist. So yes, I can relate and I'm sure hundreds of people can relate to that. Oh, and then what's even more fun, Devin, is when you pull the checklist out and you and you measure someone else by the checklist. Yeah. Cuz it's no fun if I measure myself by the checklist and mm-hmm. how, you know, how mm-hmm. how awful of a human being I kind of am, but oh, it's better whenever we can point the finger. Oh, the yeah. finger. The f- give him the finger, the pointy yeah. finger, <laughs> the pointed finger. I remember back um I'll tell you what, Jen and I were actually, uh, for those of you who don't know, Jen was one of my best, very bestest friends in the world, uh, passed away some time ago. But anyways, I remember we were working together. We were driving to check on one of our clients, one of our kids in foster care. And I was reading my USA Today, and I'll never forget, there was a front page story, Devin, that said, um, what Americans called sin. Mm. And they literally had a list of all these, quote, sinful behaviors and how many, what percentage of individuals uh, believe things were sinful. Do you know what number one was on the list? Any guesses? I was going to say uh, deceit. Ooh, close. Uh, adultery, adultery is number one. Yeah, right. yeah, everyone pretty much agrees. 81% of Americans believe adultery is a sin. I'd like to know the 19% that don't view adultery as <laughs> yeah. Probably in open relationships. Yeah, you're probably right. I never thought about that. Um, so adultery was right up there, 
And then I, I have a whole list of them here. Devin, you don't have this content, but I have it in front of me. Some of these are really interesting, but on the lower end of the spectrum, 18% of individuals believe not attending church is a sin. So, you know, everyone kind of has this view of what really sinful behaviors are. I mean, everything from gossip to swearing to sex before marriage, uh, getting drunk, gambling, all those things are on here. I started thinking about how sinful I was this week, Devin. It's like if you're going to put all of those sins that you just listed out on paper, how are we ever going to not be sinful? Oh, okay. So that's a great We don't have a chance. No. And so I love... um, my little scientific mind went to work this week and I, I tried to calculate how many times I've sinned in my lifetime. Okay. So are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. I have the math on this. Okay. Okay. So here's what I figured. You know, when I was just born, probably the sinning wasn't all that much. You know, I didn't sin too much, but I've probably made up for it in my later years. But okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm 55 years old. This okay. is the way I calculated this. All right. Let's say on the average in my lifetime, I sin 10 times a day, okay. whether in thought or deed. Ooh. Okay. So 10 times a day times 365 days times my age of 55 years. Mm. I have sinned 200,750 times <laughs> at a minimum. Dang. Now multiply that by two and that's probably where I'm at. No. <laughs> I was going to say we could cut it in half because you're about no. half my age. But Mm-mm. my point is, it's like, I... I we're all, we've all just messed up. Like yeah. if I, I have 200,750 times that I've sinned, and what if yours was 200,751? I mean, the bottom line is, is that we are all in need of a God who gives us second chances. And third and fourth and fifth and sixth. Over and over and over again. So as you're listening today, if you feel like you're not measuring up to some imaginary or maybe even a very real kind of standard... And I want you to feel welcome because the good news is you don't have to. Jesus brings us a lot of freedom from what we call the law. I remember sharing in the very first episode, I think it was in the first episode, how I thought that I was just a terrible human being. Uh, The church had kind of ingrained that in me. I would go to church and, and I would be confronted at the age of eight right, with how terribly I had messed up or how I was not measuring up. And, you know, maybe I told a lie that week or I hit my sister Jody because it was just so much fun to do. And I was, I was sure I was going to hell because of all these things that I had done. I hadn't followed the rules like I was supposed to. And I know you talked about that with regards to how you kind of viewed church or a relationship with God prior to the past couple years. No, definitely. I, um, growing up, church seemed like such an intimidating place where you had to act a certain way in order to get through the doors. So me wanting to become a part of the church, I felt like, you know, the rule was you have to tithe 10% of your income. So I tithed just to get in the door. Um, you know, growing up, I heard no sex before marriage or, um, luckily that didn't really turn out to be a, a big factor for me since, <laughs> but talking about that, I, I, there was a closed door for me being, being gay. Um, I thought that I, I couldn't be allowed in the door because I had to follow mm-hmm. a rule of marrying a male, um, drinking, you know, you shouldn't drink and come on, we all have drank before the age of 21, 
Most of us, I would imagine. So all this to say, the church makes me feel, and when I say church, I mean uh, religion, I should say. Religion makes me feel like I have to follow certain rules in order to be accepted. And it's not about what you don't do. I've come to realize it's about what you <laughs> what you do do. <laughs> uh, it's about where your heart is and what you do in love and what you do in Jesus' name not about what rules that you, quote, follow or don't follow. And these rules, too, might I add, aren't directly from Jesus. Well, Jesus grew up with a set of rules. I mean, that's what religion was based on. Uh, Jesus grew up in that, in, in the rules that were handed down to Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments. Nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments are fantastic. Highly recommend them. Murder or, yeah, covet someone's ass, you know, have you ever... Let's not do that. So that is when rules do matter. Rules, okay, let me say this. Rules are necessary, but they don't change people. Let me give you an example of that. I don't know how things are in the great Commonwealth of Kentucky, but up here in Ohio, you know, we take driving laws very seriously. When it says 55 miles an hour, by God, we stick to it. That's why I can't stand Ohio drivers. (laughs) Actually, you know, I'm joking, right? Because how many of us have seen a speed limit sign it says 55 or if you're on the interstate maybe it says 65 but if it says 55 Devin how fast do you drive uh seven over everything that's the rule (laughs) yeah and yet here we are we are all fully aware of that law we're fully aware of the rule right and we still disobey it is the law there for good reasons of course it is it's it's trying to keep you know dangerous speeds down Things like that. I totally understand the reasoning for it. But it didn't change me on the inside to the point where I feel such conviction that I will not go over 55. You know, like I said, I have nothing against the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, my friends, if we boil those down, um, the very first commandment is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And what Moses is saying is, Love God with everything that you have. And then when we look at all the other laws of not um, committing murder or not committing adultery or those are all about loving our neighbor as ourselves. I mean, Jesus takes the law and he boils it down and says, love God, love others, period. Um, And nothing against our Jewish brothers and sisters, but they had added to the law. And so there were like well over 800 laws and amendments. So I knew that every day I was destined to break a law. I was destined to break a rule. And what had happened is I think People had grown up under such oppression of knowing, I can't even step foot outside my door and I'll do something wrong. We talked about how you couldn't even tie your shoe, couldn't tie it in a knot on the Sabbath. Yeah, because that would be breaking the law. And so, I mean, I think the law shows us that, yes, we fall short every day. But I, I don't know, Devin, I don't really need a law or I don't really need a church to point out to me that I messed up. But let me ask you a question. Would you say... That overall, Devin Beasley is a pretty good person. I think I'm a good person, yes. And I would agree with that. I think you're a great person. I love the person that you are. But let me ask you this. I know you're not perfect. You would never claim to be perfect. I'm not perfect. But what percentage of good are you? Interesting question. Like, is your goodness on a sliding scale? Yeah. That's a tough question, isn't it? Man, I strive to be a good person. So I do want to see myself on the other end of the 50%. I mean, you know, on the higher end of the 50%. But we all mess up. I'm not perfect. 
what percentage are you right now? Well, right now I'm feeling about 80%. You know, I'm going to be tailgating tomorrow. I'm probably going to be down about <laughs> pretty bad. It's going to be about... Going to be pretty bad. There's going to be Steeler fans that walk by and... They deserve it. I may say something. <laughs> but I think oh, the reason I say all this, though, Devin, is I don't think God is calling us to live on a sliding scale at all. If I say that I'm a good person, who am I comparing myself to? It's really interesting in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus tells us who to compare ourselves to. So don't compare yourself to your neighbor about how holy or good you are. But Devin, if you have Matthew chapter 5 in front of you, do you mind reading that real quick? Matthew chapter 5, verse 46. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Woo! I gotta I be perfect. I can't do that. God. <laughs> did you not, did, does Jesus not know I did the math on that already? Over 200,000 times I have failed to be perfect. Yeah. I'm Over 200,000. And he's telling me here, I've got to be perfect. Mm. As who is perfect? As, as the Father, right? Yeah. So if you're going to compare yourself to how good you are, Devin, it's got to be, you got to compare yourself to God. Which makes me feel like a pretty shitty person. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're all pretty shitty in that regard. Mm -hmm. Pretty shitty. And so do you think Jesus is setting us up for failure by saying that? No, I don't. Because that's not who Jesus is. I think what he's doing here is making a point to us that even though we consider ourselves, quote, pretty good people, our good is never enough. Our good is never good enough. Have you have you ever been to the website called despair.com? I highly recommend it. No, that. I saw this on the notes and I have not been. Oh my gosh. They're instead of motivational posters, <laughs> they're demotivational posters. That's awesome. <laughs> they're pretty funny. I highly recommend them. But I saw one the other day and I think I included I there was one in your notes. Can you read it? It says teamwork. And you know, there's like, it's usually a corny, like two hands holding or, you know, a group of hands in a huddle as the picture. Well, it's showing two hands on a track who are dropping the baton instead of like passing it to each other. And it says teamwork, ensuring that your hard work can always be ruined by someone else's incompetence. (laughs) I love it. I, I found one that I really liked. And the the, the word that's in large print mm. is mistakes. And then underneath it it says <laughs> it could be that the per- <laughs> it could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as a warning to others. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like don't be like Julie. We laugh because we realize that these things are just pointing out how short of perfection we actually are. So At the end of the day, my friends, I want you to know that this life of following Jesus is just not about trying harder. It's not your call to live by some magical checklist tallying at the end of the day, you know, did Devin make it to 51% holiness or, I mean, I don't know about you, Devin, but I can't even live up to my own standards, let alone God's standards. Right. I am so hard on myself. Have you ever told yourself, I will never do that again? <laughs> yeah, multiple and times. What ends up happening? You know, something funny. So it usually happens when uh, 
more so in college, uh, when I had a night of drinking in the next morning, I will never have a sip of alcohol again. Right out the window. There I go. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we have the extraordinary capacity, I think, to do good, Devin. But I think we have the extraordinary capacity to mess up every single day. And so what the law would point out was like how you failed. And really what I think Jesus wants us to do is like, like he's saying, I recognize up front, you guys can't do this without me. So let me show you the more perfect way. Yeah, he's just a guiding light for us. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Like Devin, I'm not your guiding light. Mm. And yeah, we're called to be there for each other. But friends, I used to say this when I would preach, don't look to me. I, I will mess up and I will disappoint. Okay, but God won't. Right? And when we look at the person of Jesus, he will not disappoint. Mm-hmm. Our role model for us. I like the term Jesus follower so much better than Christian. Mm. Or churchgoer. Ugh, I hate that one. Um, yeah. At least when I think about that, when I hear Jesus follower, that's somebody I want to get behind. That's somebody I want to be friends with. Um, when I hear church goer to me, not everybody, and maybe not everybody relates to this, but I've felt hurt and trauma from church goers because they follow a checklist that you touched on earlier. Yeah. There's the 10 commandments of rules about love, but then there are man-made rules. Yes. And I feel like, some church goers are following those man-made rules that don't open the door for me or to keep people like me out. Yeah. So I can get behind a Jesus follower because I know what their intention is in their heart. Totally. I totally agree with that because even saying that phrase, Jesus follower, you're saying it's all about him. Mm-hmm. What I am following, I'm following Jesus. I'm following his way of life. I'm following the way that he loved people, the way that he honored his own father. Um, and I know that in the midst of all my mistakes, like Jesus is the one that makes me new. And to that, you know, saying who we want to get behind and, and how we want to, you know, label ourselves as a Jesus follower. It's ironic that people who are Jesus followers, they don't even have to say it. It's just something that's oh. felt by those around them. Mm-hmm. Whereas church goers, sometimes they have to say, hey, I go to church every Sunday. Hey, this is the church I attend. They make it known. So, and I have always said this about you and Jody. I told it to my mom when we would leave Panera, you know, after we would meet, we would do like our six month check-ins at Panera. On the way home, I'd call my mom and said, hey, I just had dinner with Jody and Julie. And I always said, I just want to be more like them. Mm. When I'm around them, I feel love. I feel grace. I feel Jesus. Oh, thank you. And that's not nothing that you ever said or that you ever, you know, had to make known. It was just who you are. And uh, I call it the trail markers of Jesus. Like Mm. if you're walking on or if you're hiking, if you're hiking and it comes up to that mile marker, it says mile marker one, two, three, so on, so on. Yeah. You could tell you're around a Jesus follower because when you're walking that journey with them, mile marker one is love. Mm. You feel it. 
You've oh, passed wow. it. Yeah. Mile marker two is grace. You feel it. Right? And so on and so forth. That's how you know you're around a Jesus follower. It's how they make you feel. Oh, wow. Not how necessarily kind. what they say. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. And I see that. Um, this is not the mutual bullshitting hour, my friends, but <laughs> I see that. Like, I see that in you too, Devin. Like, you are, um, and this is how we all should be. Like, there's there's something about you that's that's attracting people to you um, and asking them questions about faith and about God and knowing that you're a safe person for them. And I think all of us, when we're doing this Jesus following the right way, hopefully we're all trail markers. But yeah, thank you. Those are very kind words. Well, thank and you for saying what you said I, too. That's... I see I see you um, living that out, you and Katie both, and and uh, becoming beacons of of hope, you know, and grace and love to others. And the crazy thing to that, Julie, is um, all you have to do is, is say yes to wanting to be that. Mm. You don't take it from me. I didn't really open up a Bible until January 2021. And all it takes is just wanting to be a Jesus follower. It's loving, is intentionally yeah. loving and loving well. That's literally all it takes. And we all mess up. We are, I'm not perfect. Yeah. You remember when we uh, first met and I pulled out the checklist and, and yeah, asked no, you to I do, do the personal <laughs> inventory of all the ways that you have totally messed up. And no, I never not, did that. Not what it's about. No. So everybody here listening can be a beacon of light. Yeah. All we have to do is go out and love. Go love. Yeah. You know, the one thing that we get from Jesus that we don't get from the church is unconditional love. So I was looking at the notes this week and... And I'm basing the podcast, you guys, on a, a sermon I had preached from back around 2012-ish. And I asked on the audience, how many of you have kids? And people would raise their hands. And I'd ask, how many of you guys love your children? And the hands were still up. And then I asked the question, how many of you love your children more than your neighbor's kids, even though those kids are better behaved? <laughs> and we know this, like, as parents, grandparents, whatever, we know that we don't love our kids based on their goodness or how well they follow rules. And I think that's how God is too. Like God understands I'll never measure up, but the reason he loves me is because I'm his. Right. And that makes all the difference in the world. So what do we need in this walk with Jesus? What else do we need? I'm here to say we need nothing else. There was a, I think his name was a Gary Kinnaman. Don't hold me to that. He came out with this book or something called Jesus Plus nothing. And, and what he's saying is, Jesus is what you need. You don't need something else along with Jesus yeah. to, okay. to live out this faith. Oh my gosh, Devin, I remember one time when I first graduated from college, I was going to a little free will Baptist church here in the county. And I'll never forget, I went to this conference uh, and it was in West Virginia. <laughs> so I should have known that it was going to be wonky. But anyways, I go to this conference and I'll never, I, it scarred me. I swear it did. The guy standing up front said, it does matter to God that you're a free will Baptist. Wow. And I started thinking, does it? Mm. That, that it's conditional? That's not a church I want to be in. When you place conditions, then the condition becomes greater than Jesus. So Jesus is, faith in Jesus is not enough. But I have to make sure I never wear pants when I preach. <laughs> Right. So, you know, like I ha I'm a female, so I should wear a dress. Like, so here you are, Devin, 
You've talked about coming hungry to the table, that you want to learn more about Jesus, that you've proclaimed faith in him. But sorry, your sexuality trumps anything that Jesus. That's insane. Nothing is bigger. It's Jesus plus nothing. Yeah. It's all about Jesus. I would dare say, I mean, and I might have to answer to this, but I don't think God gives two shits whether or not I'm a Methodist. Mm. I could wear that label all I want. I think at the end of the day, he's going to say, how well did you love? It's Jesus plus nothing else. You see, when we add things to Jesus, like we must accept Jesus's gift of grace and only be a Methodist, then like I said, those things become bigger than Jesus himself. And guess what? The, I don't know if you know this, Devin, but like even the disciples were a bunch of dopes. <laughs> Let me just say that right up front. Like they messed up all the time. Do you know that if you look back in scripture, Peter, we lo- all love Peter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's a rowdy guy, very passionate. It reminds me a lot of you. Mm-hmm. I bet Peter would have been an eight on the Enneagram. Okay. All right, Peter. Okay. Yeah. So you're in. That, I like that's Peter. Right. I like Peter. You like Peter? Okay. One of Jesus' besties. One of, yeah, if not the closest friend. But you know what? He would not eat with people who he called Gentiles, mm. people who had not been circumcised. He would not. I can't believe that word has made it into the podcast. <laughs> he would not eat with those people. Like, he said, no, you know what? Faith is all about Jesus, and I used to walk with him, and I did life with him, but I'm sorry, unless you've been circumcised, you can't be a part of this faith. Right. He was living by the, quote, rules. Yeah. He made it about something other than Jesus. Right. And this is why I love it, and I I posted this on Facebook the other day, and I think Paul picked up on this. Paul and Peter kind of didn't get along, by the way. I think they butted heads a lot. But in Galatians 3.28, Devin, you know I love this verse. It's a banger. Banger. As you said before. Yep. So Galatians 3.28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah, no barriers. Nope. All one. Yep. This oneness is only possible when the foundation of our faith is based on Jesus plus nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Nothing else. Because the something else causes division. Yes. Major division. Breaks hearts type of division. I We said this from the very beginning. I remember in episode one, and we agree on this. I am not interested in arguing whether baptism should be by sprinkling or immersion, whether women can wear slacks or they must wear dresses. I am not interested, uh, like if you go to a church where uh, they sing hymns or modern day choruses, I'm saying at the end of the day, Jesus transcends all of that. Mm -hmm. He is bigger than all of that. All of it. And this, my friends, should be the good news. So at the end of the day, you want to know what this podcast is all about, Devin? I don't know why you started this podcast with me, (laughs) in all honesty, you know, um, you have better things to do on Saturday and Sunday mornings, but I can tell you why I think we started this podcast. Okay, tell me. It's all about the good news. You say it at the beginning. All about spreading the good news. The word gospel means good news. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Devin, do you have that in front of you again? Yeah. I mean, look at what he says in the very first verse there. Here we go. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, 
of the good news. What was that again? Of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you will still stand firm in it. It Keep going. It's too good. Keep going. It is this good news that saves you. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers. That little bit that Paul wrote, that's all about Jesus right there. Being a Christian is not about living better or trying harder, but the heartbeat of this faith, the heartbeat of my faith, is in accepting Jesus by faith alone. And I'm telling you, Devin, if Jesus has power over death and the grave, then he surely has the power to forgive a wretch like me. Amazing grace. <laughs> How sweet. You don't want me to do that. You know, just a final <laughs> thought. I was, uh, I, I, most of you know, I follow a guy named Richard Rohr, and I, I subscribe to his uh, daily devotions. I couldn't believe what I read. He said, you know, we, we come to God not by doing right, but by doing it wrong. Mm. Mm. Big facts. Just like, let that sink in for a moment. So it's in by doing it wrong, you realize the need that you have for Jesus. Blessed are those at the end of their ropes, for when there is less of me, there is more of Jesus. Oh, preach it, sister. So I think, you know, our call for you guys today is if you find yourselves kind of running on the performance treadmill, I'd say get off of that and just run into the arms of Jesus. I know that sounds very cliche, but I can't say it enough. The good news is that he loves you. He knows everything about you, you know, and he still desires to do life with you. I can't think of anything better. So amen. And may it be so. So until next week, guys, just a reminder to check out the Jesus That's Good News Facebook page. As always, Julie does an amazing job posting some motivational videos or pictures. Yeah, and please feel free to comment, Devin. Like, we'd love to hear from people. Um, Shout out to Peggy. She, I love it. She's always one to uh, leave us some encouraging words or to share some thoughts. But Peggy, we love you. Yeah, yeah, be more like Peggy. Yeah. Um, And share your thoughts with us. We'd love to engage in a little bit of dialogue. And on top of that, if you guys need any sort of prayer or uh, need to share some good news or just need support anything, please comment or direct message the Jesus That's Good News Facebook page. And we're here to, to pray with you and for you. Absolutely. And also, if you guys like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And if you don't like it, hey, as long as you are seeking Jesus. Wait, it's, isn't it the perfect podcast? <laughs> it's the perfect we, podcast. We aim for perfection every single week. And no, uh, as long as you have Jesus, it's not Jesus plus the Jesus That's Good News podcast. <laughs> All you need is Jesus. That's right. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.